Well, good morning. Good morning. What a joy to have children with us together worshiping the Lord. And you probably figured out by now that the theme of the service has been joy. And joy is the gladness of heart that comes from the experience or expectation of good things. Joy can be described as exhilaration, delight, and sheer gladness. Doesn't that sound good? I don't know about you, but I want that. Sheer delight, exhilaration, gladness. I suspect you want the same thing. But the thing about joy is we can't just switch it on. We can't manufacture it. We can't purchase it. Amazon can't even deliver it. That's probably one of the few things that they can't deliver, joy. So how do we get a hold of it? Well, you may find it interesting that the word joy shares the same Greek root as another word that we're all familiar with, and that is grace. Joy, kara, and grace, karis, are of the same family. And you know what grace is. Grace is a gift, right? So is joy. Joy is a gift. It's a gift that can only come from God. And so if we're going to have joy, God has to give it to us. Well, with this being the case, isn't it interesting that God commands us to be joyful? To be full of joy? He commands us to rejoice, to exude joy. The Bible says, be joyful always. And it says, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Those are commands. So how can God command us to be filled and overflowing with joy when it's something that only he can give? If we're not full of joy, isn't it his fault because he didn't give it to us? You follow my thinking here? Well, I'm only going to take a minute and I won't leave you in suspense. I'm going to give you the answer right up front. And it's this. God can, be, God can command us to be filled with joy, even though it's a gift that must come from him, because he has given us the means to receive that joy into our lives. He offers it to us freely. He holds out his hand and says, here is abundant joy. I'm giving it to you freely. But you have to receive it. So how do you do that? Well, it starts by being reconciled to God. You can't receive a gift from somebody that you're alienated from. You have to be brought together. You have to be reconciled. So if you're not experiencing overflowing joy in your life, if the difficulties of life leave you bitter and frustrated and in despair, then maybe you've never been reconciled to God who is the source of all joy. So it starts with being reconciled by God. And here's the cool thing. Salvation, just like joy, is a free gift of God. And did you know that God commands you to be saved? The Bible says, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. 
Why do we need to be reconciled? Because our sin separates us from a perfectly holy God. It creates division. It creates separation between us. But God sent his son Jesus into this world so that our sin could be forgiven and we could be reconciled to God. That's the whole point of our celebration this morning. The birth of Jesus. But he wasn't just born. The little baby Jesus grew up. And he lived that sinless, sinless life that you and I couldn't live. Haven't lived. And yet, he died a sinner's death for us on a cross. But it didn't stop there. You know, three days later, he rose from the dead. And he declared victory over sin and victory over death. And because of what he did, he can extend to us forgiveness for sin and everlasting life. Because he defeated sin and he defeated death. So you have to admit, we're sinners. We're sinners and we need a savior. And we have to place our faith in what Christ did for us on the cross. And then when we do that, God extends that forgiveness to us. He extends that gift of eternal life. The Bible says, for it is by grace, charis, grace, that you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Now, here's the cool thing. Listen to how the gift of salvation and the gift of joy are tied together. Psalm 1611 says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is the fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And then in the New Testament, 1 Peter 1 says, you believe in him and are filled with inexpressible joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your soul. Salvation and joy, they go hand in hand as we're reconciled to God. The grace of God, charis, brings us salvation and fills us with the joy of God, kara. They go hand in hand. But it begins by being reconciled to God. If you're not reconciled to God, the source of joy... You're not going to have access to that joy. So are you reconciled to God? Has he saved you? Forgiven you and given you eternal life? Maybe you would say, yeah. You know, I was reconciled to God. I did confess my sin. I placed my faith in him and he saved me. And at the time I felt this inexpressible joy. This lifting of the burden of the guilt of sin. But now, later, it feels as though that joy has faded. Maybe you feel only the weight of your worries. I feel that way sometimes. I can't, I'm not always overflowing with joy. Sometimes it's rather elusive, in fact. And yet, God still commands us to be filled with joy, to be overflowing with joy. So how can we do that? Well, Jesus gave us the answer, and Dan's been teaching through it. It's in the Gospel of John in chapter 15. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me, 
and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And then he goes on to say, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete, complete joy by remaining in Christ. If we want to experience that joy once reconciled to God, if we want to continually experience that joy, we have to remain in Christ. And just a couple quick ways that we do that. One is through his word, through the Bible. King David said this, he said, the precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. When he reads the word of God, his heart is filled with joy. So when we're in the word regularly, it strengthens our faith. It gives us hope. It gives us the wisdom and power we need to live a godly life. It gives us perspective when we face all of the trials of this life. All of that comes from the word of God. Faith, hope, wisdom, obedience. And the result of those things is great joy. Joy comes from the word of God. Another way to remain close to God and experience that joy is through worship and fellowship. Something that we're doing here this morning. Psalm 33, 1 says, Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise him. You feel that joy when we're together worshiping God? And the fellowship with other believers who have been reconciled to God is a special source of joy. Paul talks about this often. He said to Philemon, your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. And he said to the church in Thessalonica, how can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Joy comes through fellowship with other believers. Well, we, another way we remain close to God and experience that joy is through prayer. Jesus said, until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. Well, when we seek the Lord in prayer according to his will, he answers that prayer according to his will. And the result, we're filled with abundant joy. So joy begins when we're reconciled to God. Joy remains and continues and overflows when we remain close to God. He's the source of joy. If we don't have joy this morning, then we're either not reconciled to God or we're not remaining close to him. Because he gives us that joy freely and abundantly. So... We remain close to God through worship, through the word, through fellowship and prayer. Aren't those the same things the early church devoted themselves to? It's our source of joy. So God commands us. He commands us to be filled with joy. Filled with joy and overflowing with joy to the glory of God. And he freely gives us the means to do so. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, 
We know John 3.16 that you so loved the world that you gave your one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. But verse 17 says you didn't send your, world, your son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. And it's this gift that we celebrate this morning. Your sending of your son into our broken world. When we were dead in our sin, God, you loved us and you sent your son to die for us so that we could receive that eternal life and that we could be reconciled to you and be filled with inexpressible joy. So God, there's some here who have never been reconciled to you. They haven't received that gift by faith. And I pray that this morning that their heart would be touched, that your spirit would impress upon them the need for you, for salvation, for forgiveness, and for life. And God, there's others whose joy may be waning, who maybe come into this Christmas season with a heavy heart, even though they know you. Well, God, I pray that you would help all of us to remain so close to you that we experience that fullness of joy that can only come in your presence. So God, fill us with your joy as we go forth. God, we worship you for who you are and for what you've done. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.